You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you discover what's wrong with your business, then show you how to fix it. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Over the last two years, you have likely navigated your business through some insane challenges, and you probably still feel like this is a day-to-day struggle with absolutely no end in sight. Well, this is exactly why I invited Mignon Francois. Mignon is a new friend. She is the founder and CEO of the Cupcake Collection. It's a fantastically successful cupcake shop here in Nashville, Tennessee. She actually started the business from absolutely nothing but five bucks and grew it into a $15 million empire. We actually recorded the conversation live. Not long ago, we had our first live event at my home, Goose Hill. We had a bunch of StoryBrand certified guides and Business Made Simple certified coaches in town. And we all got together, we brought Mignon in, she brought a bunch of cupcakes, and Dr. J.J. Peterson and I sat down and interviewed Mignon with her unbelievably inspirational story. And I'm telling you, there was hardly a dry eye in the room. Today, it's all about inspiration. If you feel like, I don't know if I can keep going, this episode is gonna give you more energy than a cupcake. Will you please welcome to the stage Mignon Francois. Mignon, welcome. Will you just tell us a little bit about what Cupcake Collection is today so that we can reverse engineer the resilience and reinvention that you went through just to get it to where it is today? You were talking about my eulogy and some of the stuff already is starting to come to fruition. And you said if it wasn't, if it didn't seem impossible, it wasn't big enough. And I wrote on there that I was going to be one of Forbes magazine's top something. I can't remember what I said. But we were featured in Forbes last week. I haven't heard that yet. That's amazing. Congratulations. And that was, that's, I mean... How many months? You know what I'm saying? Like That was, was 12 months ago. I was thinking crazy when I said it, yeah. right? Isn't that funny how crazy becomes insane and then it becomes real? And it's possible. Yeah. And it's not, it's not magic. It's not magic. It's the number of people in the years that we spent having limited beliefs. Mm-hmm. The Cupcake Collection is just a starting point. Yes, That's yeah. all it is for what you plan on doing. But we want to know a little bit about the starting point. Yeah. So the Cupcake Collection was my idea to get out of debt and brokenness. My husband uh, was the... Was the <laughs> <laughs> you like what she did there? <laughs> was our sole provider, and I could see that he was dying. What do you mean dying? Meaning, well, so he looked gray. Oh, literally, physically. L- literally, he looked gray, and I thought he was dying. And I started to pray for him. I'm like, God, help me to help him make ends meet. Mm. What I'd learned later that he was dying to me. Can we go into that? Well, I want to know what you mean by that. He was dying to me. I, I was going to be the sole provider of my house. I had spent 21 years of marriage and I had been a stay-at-home mom and he asked me for a divorce. What am I supposed to do? Divorce him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you need to. But 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 I didn't know that wasn't easy. Right. But there's necessary things that need to be taken care of. Right. So yeah. we're we're living in Germantown. Well, we moved to Germantown. We Germantown don't. Is Germantown is right here downtown. Yeah. Right. It, it it reminds us of home in New Orleans, where the streets are have brick sidewalks and they're all historic and 
We were living there in 2005 with no electricity on a regular basis and water that didn't turn on just because you willed it to. And this was 2005, six, seven recession. And I had this crazy idea to have a bake sale every single day. One problem, I don't know how to bake. In order to get money <laughs> to pay the electric bill, you decided to bake some things and you didn't know how to bake. I didn't know how to bake, not even out of a box. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm from New Orleans and others may only eat to live, but in New Orleans, we live to eat. Yes. In all honesty, you knew how important food was to culture and that, that was yeah. you had been raised with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my grandmother was known for, you know, her food. One of the things that I was listening, when, so when I got to Nashville, we moved to Nashville, I found, you know, talk radio because that's what I was raised on. And so Dave Ramsey was telling people they could get out of debt by having a bake sale. And I thought, bet, we're going to have a bake sale. <laughs> and so then we had one. And so my neighbor knocked on the door and she came to me because I had been baking for the neighbors. And when new people would come into the neighborhood, I would welcome them to the hood, because that's what it was, with cupcakes. And they'd be afraid to open the door for me because they're like, I don't want any. I came at the office like, no, no, no. I'm giving you something. And, and people were always so shocked that I had something to give without asking anything in return. I just wanted to welcome them to my neighborhood. We knew we had something when a man knocked on the door at 10 o'clock at night and said, listen, my wife, she's pregnant. She's over there across the <laughs> She needs these right cupcakes. Now. Yeah, and so- yeah, I've, I, been I, yeah, I've been there, I've been that guy. Yeah, I know. I've been that woman. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't pregnant, but I needed them cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys so much. <laughs> and I said, I, I went into my kitchen to bake for her at 10 o'clock at night. And so the, the gratitude that came back for that came back to serve me. It, 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 it fed you a little bit. It did. What happened was we had a sign saying, coming soon, bakery coming soon. It was out there for two years because I thought if you put a three by three sign out, that means everybody knows and they're, they're going to come. And they didn't know that we were opening up a bakery. But a lady drives by one afternoon and says, she's knocking on my door. She said, I came to tell you your sign is a lie. And I said, excuse me? She said, I know when you put that sign up. And she knew. She knew when that sign went up. And she said, I love sweets. I love cake. And I've been watching this sign. And I come by here every day. And you're not coming soon. That was two years ago. She knocked on your door to say that. She called knocked you on, out. Called me. I said, okay, what's your favorite cake? She said, Red Velvet. I said, what time do you get off? She told me, I said, meet me back here at five o'clock. With 50 bucks. I will, no, I didn't ask for any money. I didn't like, that, that's good. I didn't even know how to ask for money back then. Um, and I'll have you some Red Velvet cake. And she became a regular customer of mine, being an ambassador for the cupcake collection from then on. Okay, you guys almost lost the house. Yes. And it went... It got taken up, right, by the, by the bank or by the government or what So happened? our house was up for foreclosure sale on the day that the cupcake collection opened for business. On the day that we opened, on November the 9th, we knew our house was going to be up for foreclosure sale on the city steps in December. So I put to the test the things that I was taught, and I went for it. And I, knowing that we were going to lose our house in December... My neighbor had knocked on the door and asked me for cupcakes. I had $5 left. I was sitting in the house with no electricity because we couldn't afford it. So we were living on a generator. I would stay in the house in the darkness during the day 
so that when my children came home, I could save up the gas to run the generator. They never complained about anything. They never said, well, it was me. They knew sometimes when they went to school, we better eat at school, breakfast and lunch, because we don't know what we're eating at home. And our meals were often red beans and rice, because I'm from New Orleans. I'm yes. going to say that. It's not a bad meal, yeah. yeah. We, we eat that a lot. <laughs> and, and ramen noodles, if I could sprinkle those in. That's a treat. That was 2005. It's not that long ago. That's not a long time ago. And I'm surrounded by wealthy, affluent people who don't even know what my situation is. Um, and so... I just, I was sitting back there doing that when my neighbor knocked on the door. I had $5 left and I hadn't even paid for anything for the month. And I didn't know when we were going to get paid again because this is a recession. My husband is a contractor. He's working and, you know, things are plummeting. The neighbor says, will you make cupcakes for me? Because like I told you, when new people come in, I would make them cupcakes and, you know, go back into my house. The word was getting out that I was selling crack out of my house. <laughs> Lemon cracker, they were calling Lemon it. Lemon crack. That's what they were calling it. And, and so my neighbors in Germantown were calling it the Lemon Crack House. And so she came up, it came and knocked on the door and said, I want to give this to everybody for all of my clients for gifts for the season. And I said, okay. And she saw the distress in my face. She said, look, when you make them, I won't be able to give them all out today anyway. So as you make them, I'll pay you. Now, I only had $5. I'm sitting in the dark when she knocks on the door. You don't have to look at the ingredients. She's asking me, why are you in the dark? And I'm like, because I'm meditating. Duh. <laughs> That's called optimistic perspective on <laughs> suffering. <laughs> and she said, well, I'll let you get back to what you're doing. So just do this for me. And I take the challenge, but I don't know how I'm going to take it. My cars were repossessed. I had to walk to the Kroger around the corner. Some days my children couldn't go to school because I didn't have gas to get them to school because we were living in an area of town that had been gentrified, right? And so our children were uh, grandfathered into the school of choice, which was on the other side of town. So getting my children to school sometimes was a feat. And so we sometimes had to make the decision to keep them home because we couldn't afford to get them to school. And so I, I decided to, to go to the store with the $5 I had and go and buy everything I could buy with that $5. I turned it into 60 that day because she paid me, like she said, sometimes people were like, ish, yeah, you know, Friday-ish, 30, net 30. I'm like, I, I don't have time for that. I need you to pay me today. And I turned that 60 into 600 by the end of the week, and I turned that into over $10 million in the last. No debt. You have no debt. No debt, no knowledge of the business, no experience in the field, in the industry that is known for failing. A dream and hard work. But there's something else there. Was there a transition for you from sort of victim mindset to hero mindset? Yeah. Did you have to change the way you viewed yourself as somebody who's basically doomed, fate has turned against me, to somebody who says, no, you know, it's hard work and not everything works out, but a lot of things do, and I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Was there that transition for you in your identity? My mom was always our biggest cheerleader. She always said that we could be and do anything. What I learned in the process is that you can't be anything, because if I'm 5'5", five, five, I'm not being a point guard. Right, right, you know, right. Like, but... I can be anything I was called to be. You believed it deep in here. Yeah, I believed that I was supposed to be doing something that people were supposed to know my name. That when I would walk into rooms, they would already know me before I came. 
Yeah. And and so I think what what happened was I was able to then feed that to my children, who, by the way, you can't tell them they're ugly. You can't tell them they're not smart. You can't tell them that they can't do whatever they come up with because they watched it happen. And I started testing. They know that's a lot. Yeah. Because of you. I think it's because they're greater than me. But it, they watched. They watched it by example. I couldn't be. I couldn't tell them to do what I wasn't willing to do. Yeah. And I just was tired of being sick and tired. Because it's one thing to be sick, and it's one to, thing to be tired. But when you're sick and tired, that's whack. Yeah. And so I had, <laughs> I had listened to this song by Jay Z and Kanye, arguably one of the best collaborations of all time. And it's called Otis. And in the lyrics, he says, they ain't see me because I pulled up in my other bins. Last week, I was in my other other bins. And I was like, wait a minute. He has options and they're luxurious and I don't even have a car. Then I wanted to be Beyonce of baking. And so that's why my friends call me Mignonce. (laughs) That's awesome. Because I wanted to be the best at what it was that was set for me to do. And I, I heard God say, are you willing to do what they do to get what they get? Because what you never hear a celebrity or, you know, successful person say is it was easy. Yeah. It's not easy. It's hard. And because it's hard, you're going to do it hard. And if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And that was the mind shift for me. Let me ask you this. We had a conversation this morning, this group, and we talked about if you could sort of delete the hard seasons of your life, would you? No. Yeah. Can you? I mean, it's a universal answer. Yeah, because they made me who I am. I wouldn't be as, as grateful as I am. I would think that I maybe had entitlement to deserve something. And we just don't deserve to get any of this that we're No, doing. it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift that you can work for. I, I got to ask you this, too, because I, I, there was a time 10, 15 years ago when I was working on a project but I would interview heads of state. I would interview presidents. I'd interview, I'd interviewed a bunch of people. And, what, and I was looking for like common ground on leadership, extreme success. I couldn't find it. They were all just so different. But I did ask one question that was always revealing. I asked, when you were young, did you know that you were special? And I was amazed at how many people sort of came, oh, no, 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 I'm just like everybody else. But occasionally, Pete Carroll was one of them, said, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I knew. I knew early on. And Pete literally said, I knew that I was larger than my body. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> That's fascinating. It sounds like you knew that too. Why do you not apologize for that? Why do you not hide? Because I felt the same way. And maybe it was delusional. My mother put a plaque <laughs> on her wall and it said, the meaning of the name Donald Miller is fearless leader. And I remember literally looking at that plaque and being scared that I was going to have to lead. Like, what does this mean? So it's the opposite. <laughs> And I'm so grateful for the con artists who made those plaques because sooner or later you just go, I guess I got to do this. But, but early on, there was a sense of, no, you're going to go drive something big forward. You had that same feeling and you don't apologize for it. No. Why don't you apologize for it? Why do you own it? My mother, my mother t- told us that we were Terrios. Now, that's my maiden name. Terrio is was the largest plantation in Louisiana at one point, a sugarcane plantation. So you know that you had descendants there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so here's the thing about that. We, our, our father passed this year in April. And so going back to Terrio uh, with my sisters, 
and we just have this poetic moment as we're standing on a sugar cane plantation and we know that we've made millions in sugar. (laughs) And it's just like, I see you, God. I know what you're trying to do here. And we know that you might not know the names of the women who came before me, but you will experience them because I will be great. Yeah. So I have to, I have to make the Forbes list. I have to be an entrepreneur magazine. I have to give five stars, you know, when it comes to saying, what is it that she's done because of the, because of the blood that's running on the inside of me. But for me, this is what I want people to know why I now know not to apologize for this. My mom would always say, you're a Terrio girl. And it's like, everybody thinks that about themselves, but everybody doesn't have that gift. But one thing I learned in the process of all of this is that you will live out the meaning of your name or the adversary set up against it. Then I started realizing the whole idea for the cupcake collection and what I was supposed to do in the community and for the world. And then I began to start speaking what I seek till I see it. I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you. I was driving down the street, down 65 South. I was headed to my mom's house in Huntsville, Alabama. The interstate was shut down. And so I had to go through Lawrenceburg or Lewisburg. I had to get off and take the side road. And I had been wanting to listen to the Story Brand podcast. I'm looking for something. Because my mother raised us to, like, learn in the car. Because you can get the equivalent of a college degree by just listening to your, your listen to books on your way to work every day. And so I, I needed to be learning. And so, oh, this is a good time to listen to Donald Miller's podcast. And so I'm listening. And you guys get on there and you... I start assessing somebody's website. And I said, one of these days, he's going to look at my website. (laughs) (laughs) And then fast forward a couple of years, and we get this call that StoryBrand wants to do branded cupcakes with us. I'm like, whatever they want, however it needs to be done, and I want to be in the building. And they were just, StoryBrand was just as excited to work with me as I was to work with them. And so I get an invitation from Donald Miller to dinner and there are assigned seats and I sit down and Donald Miller sits next to me (laughs) and I start to cry. And I was like, you have no idea. Like, I've been And he's like, is that all you want? That resonated to me. To have your website reviewed? Yeah, like, like, that's all you want? We want more than that. I want to give you way more than that. And then you started telling me how I was limiting my beliefs. Even though I was dreaming big for myself, I was still limiting myself. I want to get to the part where we talk about what your eulogy is and where you're going in a second. Because when I met you, I knew you were making cupcakes. I knew you could have a big multi-million dollar cupcake company, all that kind of stuff. But I also thought this, is, this woman is just making cupcakes so that she can be an inspiration. That's her real job. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just a platform to be able to do that. I want to go back, though, real quick to the house. You almost lost the house. Did you lose the house? Didn't lose the house. How, what happened? So um, the power of life and, and speaking things into existence. We got a call out the blue from the mortgage lending company saying, we don't want to see you lose your house. How can we make it affordable? I laid on the ground. I mean, the cement ground underneath my car because I could not believe these people were calling me to say this. These people had been trying all before that to take my house from me. And all of a sudden it turned around to what can we do to help you save your house? 
tell us what you can afford. I came up with what I could afford. And I gave them some crazy number that I could afford. And they said, okay. I know about the crazy number. Yeah. So many times I was saying crazy things. Even how I came to own the property. I made an offer to the person who owned the property. He asked me, was I crazy? Do you know there's going to be a restaurant here? People want to open restaurants here. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about restaurants. I just know I want to have my children live here. And little did I know that was prophetic. It was going to be my restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Where's your restaurant today? And my restaurant is at 1213 6th Avenue North in Germantown at that very place. And now we're dreaming even bigger because now we're teaching entrepreneurship to our legacy. We're leaving crumbs on the trail. So now we have created this sweat equity opportunity and we're testing that model in New Orleans right now. So our New Orleans store, we turned five years old next year. It's amazing. We went from being, uh, we w- went from operating at a loss to a 198% increase in sales over last year. During this COVID. year. This year. We're not even finished. Yeah. What was the tagline on your website for uh, New Orleans, oh. for the for, uh, oh, Mardi Gras? The, because the celebration is still on. Yeah. Mardi Gras is not canceled. Yeah. The celebration is still on. Like, you helped us to really realize that we could teach people that Mardi Gras wasn't canceled. Yeah. And so when people because found out- Because it kind of was. Yeah, because it was. <laughs> and so then they started ordering king cakes from us. And so now Germantown wants to do something with us for next year for Mardi Gras to help them get into Yardy yeah. Gras. Yardy Gras, that's brilliant. Did you come up with that? No, that's, that was a New Orleans movement. That's awesome. And so we decorated our fence and we made a bead fence and we had a bead tree. We did the things that were culturally ours. Yeah. And Germantown were like, we want to do that. We want to, we want a contest and we want to win prizes. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. I love that, Mignon. Okay. An amazing story of resilience, reinvention. You, it's an amazing story of transformation from victim to hero. Mignon, you're one of the most inspirational people I've ever heard of. And the fact that you're a friend. I just spoke it into existence. <laughs> Everybody, big hand for Mignon Francois. An incredible conversation with Mignon Francois. What an honor to to have that conversation happen here at Goose Hill. And, uh, you know, I just remember times when I thought this thing is going to fall apart and we just kept going and it just kept getting better and better. And uh, Mignon did the same thing. And I, 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 what I'm excited about is you got to hear what happens if you keep going. You got to hear what happens. And gosh, there were times when I would just you know, search for that, that voice that said, there's some sort of light on the other side of this, right? And uh, Mignon is living proof that, that that is out there. The other thing that she's living proof of is that she acted as a hero on a mission. And that's what today's plan of action is all about. You know, we put the segment at the end of every podcast that gives you some practical steps, practical perspectives that you can use to grow your business. And today it's a lot more than growing your business. It's growing yourself, When I talk about hero on a mission, I'm talking about somebody who has engaged fully their story and is stepping into it. The opposite of a hero on a mission is probably the victim. And what is amazing about Mignon's story is she just had so much victim bait, right? In a relationship that wasn't working, a marriage that wasn't working, kids that needed food, a house that was being foreclosed right out from under her. And yet, What a victim does is they just get convinced that they're doomed. And what a hero does 
is they look for that little pinpoint of light they can rush toward. And what you saw Mignon do, and so many of you have done out there, is you rush toward that pinprick of light rather than give up. And what does the hero's mission look like? It looks exactly like Mignon Francois. The hero wants something specific, right? The hero treats setbacks and even mistakes that they make as opportunities, opportunities to learn, opportunities to grow, and they keep going. A hero seeks help. They look for guides who can help them. And then when the hero succeeds, just like Mignon, they turn around and try to help others get to where they are. Gosh, what a classic example of a hero on a mission. Mignon Francois, you are forever inspiring to me. I am honored to call you a friend and you are welcome back on this podcast at any point. I'm just so impressed. I hope you got some of the inspiration that you need to keep going, to learn from your mistakes, to learn from yourself. Listen, every hero and every movie, just watch, the, watch your favorite movie again. Literally, turn it on this weekend and watch it. And pause it about every 10 minutes and ask yourself, is the hero enjoying this? Now, I know you're enjoying it. You're enjoying the movie. But ask yourself, if I were that person stuck up the creek without a paddle, being chased by coyotes, would I be having a good time? No, you wouldn't. But you know, you can't, you got to be that person if you ever want to tell your story and inspire anybody. What you can't do is quit. What you got to do is keep going. You know, all this is stuff uh, from my new book. If there's a call to action at the end of this podcast, you can pre-order Hero on a Mission. That's the name of my new book. It's available on Amazon. Just type in Hero on a Mission. You'll find it. And I just talk about this. I talk about what it really, really, really takes to live a meaningful life. And you know what? I kind of wonder whether we really want it. I know we all want meaning, but we want easy meaning. There's no such thing. Meaning calls sacrifice. But hopefully in the midst of that sacrifice, you can have a perspective on life where you actually kind of enjoy it. Because uh, I can take all sorts of pain if it's meaningful pain. I can take all sorts of challenge if I'm building something, if I'm going somewhere, if, 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 if somebody that I love is going to be benefited. I'd rather have that pain than comfort. That's called meaning. And Hero on a Mission is all about finding meaning in your life. Mignon Francois has. Mignon, thanks again for coming on. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thanks for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where every week we help you discover maybe a little something that's wrong with your business or yourself, and then we show you how to fix it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.